Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, Steve Wozniak has a new school he's bringing through. Uh, Google is opening a new tech center, and Black Panther has a new trailer. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Hey! In honor of the uh, new Black Panther trailer. Okay. Let's uh, go, baby. <laughs> Uh, welcome. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show where we break down tech news, their culture from a black and brown geek perspective. I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Akili Shine. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing excellent. <laughs> That's what I thought. Exactly. That's what I figured. <laughs> you seem good as, good, as, good as ever. Exactly. Uh, we got uh, my man Vince Staples, uh, uh, Long Beach's own Vince LB. Staples. That's right. Um, with his with his songs, I love. Actually, I like this album. People are trying to hate on this album. I actually like this album a lot. The album's great. The album's great. Um, you know, I like the song. My brother's smart too. Yeah, he's very smart. Yeah. Have, you, have you caught some interviews on yeah. him? Yeah. Oh no, I'm 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 big Vince Staples supporter. In fact, Vince Staples is a name that we wanted to use for a show that we were we we're working on. I, I tried to get Vince Staples in there, and people were saying no. Right. Like I was crazy, but I thought it was a good name. Um, Anyway, yeah, so, uh, but speaking of Vince Staples, I mean, we'll, we'll get to this a little later on, but, you know, he shows up in the Black Panther trailer. Yes, he does. Uh, these, tra- I mean, I'm going to get to it later, man. Man, these trailers, both these trailers, their use of music, yeah. like the way they cut, I, I don't know who cuts those trailers, but I don't know, the way they cut the trailer with the VO from the movie mm-hmm. with a crazy mix, like in the middle of dude saying some some monologue about Wakanda, you hear Vince Tabor go, yeah. <laughs> it's like dope. Like, I, I, I haven't really seen anything like, like integration like that. It's really, I don't know. I love it. Yeah, I love the juxtaposition. I thought it was dope too. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, I, I like to run the, run the, of course, I, you know, I like to run the jewels in the first trailer. Your favorite group. Exactly. My, my favorite. <laughs> Best group of all time. But, uh, <clears throat> I love Vince Staples in the second group. But anyway, uh, we'll get to that in a second. But want to talk a lot, a lot about some few things. Um, you know, Google. Always in the news, and not necessarily Google, but the parent company um, of Alphabet. Um, the, the Alphabet has a company called Sidewalk Labs, and they're in the process of doing something pretty revolutionary. They well, Sidewalk, so Sidewalk Labs is a subsidiary or spinoff of Google. Um, all alf, all Alphabet. Um, it's all fine, but bottom line is. Um, they are have this. They're, they're trying to build something called Internet City. They're trying to they're trying to um, take over eight hundred acres of of Toronto. That's it. Eight <laughs> only eight hundred acres uh, to build Internet City. Uh, yeah, like I feel like you know this what is proposed. Um, it's like a new district on the waterfront. It's going to be kind of like a Silicon Beach, Silicon Valley thing uh, in Toronto. And it's like, yeah, it's just it's a new tech hub with all kinds of, uh, to, to invite tech businesses in and, and, and Google is themselves running it. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, when they first thought of this, you know, they, they dubbed it Google Island. Yeah. The fact that, you know, you're able to have a, a part of the city that you're going to develop to really bring in some some really dope advanced technology to kind of like do some beta testing on certain things to see how you can apply them to, you know, this, this, uh, building a city, you know what I'm saying? And yep. I think that's fresh. Like you're talking about drive, drive, self-driving cars, um, all sorts of things that just kind of help the 
the, the management of, of people and the commerce, the co- convergence of all those things, I think is awesome. So this is, this is sort of like a, a way to take a take a, uh, a a division or an area and then use that as a blueprint to maybe how we can build and, and master plan further areas and further cities. Exactly. Uh, if it runs efficiently, then it, it could be great. Yeah. So we'll see. Great case study for other cities. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, also, uh, Google is in the process of right this very second of doing. Um, Google is in the process of testing uh, and I, the ability to add third party accounts to your Gmail on iOS, which would kind of be a game changer in terms of in terms of Google because you know we do that now on our on our iMeds. The only reason I don't really mess with Google in that way because um, on my iPhone and on my Apple, I can add all of our Kelchris emails, Robinson Park emails, MTV emails, whatever else we got going on. And Google, you can't do that. It's just Google. But Google is testing a way you can add all the third parties onto your iOS, and then that would be kind of cool. Right? Yeah. Or, would, but, would you, was that something that you would be um, into? I mean, I, I know a lot of people still use Microsoft Outlook. A lot of people use Mail. Right. I personally use Mail. Um, but to be able to have, you know, the third party for like, for instance, I don't use the Google suite for Robeson parks, right. but to be able to have that, you know, streamline through a Gmail would be kind of cool because right. I do have like three other Gmail accounts and just to have that as, you know, right there on the hub would be kind of fresh. So I think that that's a dope innovation, whether or not Apple will allow that because as of right now, you can only get it through the app, the Google app. But if Apple would allow that, that would be kind of game changing for Google. It would be game changer, game changer for Google. Uh, Google, and we talked about this before about the idea of Google uh, setting up a situation where they have all. They are actually set, not setting up. Um, they are doing this now. They're setting up a situation where they have all a counterpart to all of Mac and all, all of Apple stuff and all of Microsoft's things. And if you want the alternative in these Microsoft products, Google has them. If you want an alternative to a lot of the Apple products. Google has them. If you want an alternative to the phone itself, Google has that. So at a certain point, they keep going at this rate, and on top of owning search through through, through Google and YouTube, um, I don't know. Google might just make a flip a switch, and we might all be Google. I mean, do you think that's a possibility? It's definitely a possibility. I mean, coming Google's a giant. Like they are, they are not hit, you know toe to toe or face to face with any of the big guys, Apple, Facebook, or whatever. Like. Google is, is diverse. I mean, Alphabet, right. so much diversity in their portfolio. I mean, their bandwidth to be able to, I mean, they've pretty much organized, like, human history, like, like the, the searchability for anything that you could, you could possibly want. They have organized. Right. Like, I mean, that this is a, a huge achievement unto itself. And the fact that they, like you said, they have software, wow. they have platforms, they have hardware, they have all those things. That's, like, a, that's a crazy statement you just said. But, but it's, it's a absolutely fact. a fact. It's a fact. They have organized human history. No one's no one has done that. Not, not just just by just by text search and video search. That's it. They basically categorize the entire internet. Yeah. And they've you know that's kind of crazy. And then also from a video standpoint too. Yeah, I mean, think about just Google and, Books and giving people yeah. They have every book digitized. Yeah, no. you know, and, and magazine. I, exactly. I, I, looked, I looked up a. I just Googled an article from something, and it, and it came up in a Jet magazine from, like, 1961. <laughs> it just came up in Google Google something. That's like, crazy. what is this? A PDF just popped up in Google. That's crazy. That's crazy. So yeah. I don't know. Um, 
Didn't even know that existed. So yeah, that that's Google is the real library of Congress, man. <laughs> wow, that's deep. That's deep. And deep then we talk about the Google City, like what's going to happen with, with with you know this other thing. That that's we're really getting to a really crazy space right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I mean we're going to continue on this Google Google theme here. Google Maps, bruh. Google Maps has already like mapped the whole world. You can map your not, street. Not Wakanda. Not Wakanda. <laughs> no one knows about Wakanda. Exactly. You gotta go through the waterfall. Exactly. But you know where it is. Google, but Google ain't done that now. No, no, not, not quite. But Google has uh they started mapping out planets. They let you go more go to over twelve planets and moon. So that so it's one thing for you to be able to go Google Earth, but you guys should go to our moon. And you know, Google map the moon, zoom in, check out areas of the moon that are explored, unexplored. You do the same thing with moons of other planets. Same thing with planets themselves. This is like, I, I don't know what a what a nine, what an eight to twelve year old Joe Braswell would do with like Google Maps, like exploring planets and stuff. I, I know, I was like looking encyclopedias. I remember when I was a teenager when Encarto was out and stuff like CD-ROMs. I was like, this is the future. But if this was out. I I just can't imagine what what it blows my mind what at what our kids have access to these days. But what do you think of this? Yeah, the accessibility is amazing. The fact yeah. that you know we can use you know satellite imaging to stitch together these photos and then create a three D you know realistic model of what you know these planets and moons look like, and then be able to go into them and show the dimensionality and texture of the of the of the of the Man. planet. And that's that's fantastic, dude. And the fact that that's only going to get better and better and more specific and exact like the like you said like as a kid i mean come on like you have every tool to geek out geek out about you know what i'm saying like yeah. this is awesome yeah i don't know it's, it's really it's i, I mean I, I, these are three major sort of google stories in a in, in a war, in a row but um yeah it's really just really just as we're saying this is really just sort of like blowing my mind a little bit about where google is but we'll see yeah um but speaking of another tech giant Apple is uh, about to appear, appeal a five-year-long patent battle um, after they uh, they lost about four hundred and thirty-nine million dollars. I mean, this is this is um, they've been ordered to pay you know almost a half a billion dollars mm-hmm. um, to, after after losing a after losing a suit to a company called Viral Viranet X. Uh, you know uh, that, that that they filed the, they filed the suit back in two thousand ten. Um, it's been going on for a long time, and it's really it's over. Um, it, it's 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 the the I, I can't tell if it's a patent troll situation or if it's like an actual real thing. But I mean, is this a I, I'm, I'm some confusing story? Is this a real trademark infringement or this is a patent troll situation? I mean, I feel like I mean, people would argue that. They're one and the same, but maybe the motivation behind it is where you get that moniker of patent troll. But if I come up with something, some intellectual property, and I I file the patent and I just sit on it and I don't have any intent to actually bring it to market, and I'm just waiting for a company to bring it to market so that I can sue them, then that's probably I mean that's an interesting strategy, an interesting business model. But I mean I think that's what Apple is trying to uh, advocate exactly. Like okay. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying, but that's interesting because it's one thing if you you said one keyword in there if you invent it because usually patent trolls are like they'll look at podcasting for instance and they'll scan podcasting and find one element that makes podcasting you know hard impossible to do and realize there's a loophole and no one patent that and then they'll go patent that and be like I own podcasting 
Okay. I'm suing everybody. Yeah. You know, and which which has actually happened. That's a true story. Right. Uh, people do this all the time. This fun, find stuff like, oh, the iPhone, huh? Did you patent the corner of the screen, left hand corner? Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I didn't invent the left hand corner, but this is a little different. Right. But I, that's what I'm trying to ask you. Like, in your opinion, personal opinion, is this different from that, or is this like, you know, what's the difference? Like, I've invented something. I'm just waiting for someone to try to use it. I mean, if they do, I got you. This specific patent had to, to had, had it was related to like the FaceTime elements of of the iPhone, right? So I'm sure that there there may be some some dope stuff that they were able to patent, and that's what they're they're saying. Like, yo, I mean, it's, they're getting a dollar twenty to a dollar eighty per iPhone that was purchased because of some some something that they didn't get, you know, the, the proper licensing for. And so, yeah, that's true. hey, I mean, it, maybe it's a loophole, maybe it's a part of the game, but sucks right but hey i mean i i kind of respect the guy that's doing it to be honest is like you figured that you figured out the loophole in a legal way hey is this is this, is this a can't knock the hustle situation in your opinion or is it just kind of <laughs> like like i mean i don't know <laughs> i don't know how i feel about it but also on one hand is like it is apple and they're a giant it's like look if you can get, your, if you can get a half a bill on apple more power to you uh it took them five years apple's gonna appeal I think but it's ebb and flow, man, because just like... Don't spend a half a bill, because hey, Apple's going to try to get back. It's ebb and flow. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these big companies are... I mean, it's a big statement, but I think a lot of these companies kind of steal a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And don't get caught, or, or the people that actually do the hard work and invent stuff don't get the credit, right. the financial reward. So, I mean, hey, this is a part of it, too. Like, okay, well, you've maybe created the iPhone as as a device, but I figured out that there's some certain elements that you didn't create. And so I imagined it, and you brought it to, you brought it to market. Now you're going you're gonna to be penalized for it. Makes sense. I got you. Makes <laughs> sense. All right. Uh, well, speaking of bringing stuff to market, our, our friends at Vizio, Vizio, who's known for their... Wonderful flat screen TVs and their quality. Uh, they're trying to get. They're getting to the sound game right now. There's, sound game, baby. there's increasingly thin uh, profile home theater displays and screens. Built-in speakers have gotten smaller and smaller. Um, adding a sound bar to your TV can bring big movies and TV shows alive with crystal clear room filling sound. Oh yeah, Vizio sound bars are powered by what's what by DTS technology. You get that in movie theater. DTS technology giving you extraordinary sound experience. You can redefine your home theater experience with the DV with the Vizio 36 inch. 2.1 soundbar system. I love it. Uh, CNET's editor choice uh, in the first soundboard is a C- CES. I'm sorry. Let's say this again. CNET editor's choice and the first soundbar to earn five stars at CNET. That's dope. Um, earning unbeatable savings. Combine your best deals um, of the year and display with these soundbars. Listen, the soundbar is where it's at. Vizio getting in the game. I mean, we have a lot of people getting in the game these days in the soundbar situation, but uh, Vizio seems to know what they're doing with the DTS, so check it out, the Vizio soundbar. Hey, let's go. Um, And I'm going to check it out. Vizio is allegedly going to send us some soundbars to check out. (laughs) I'm just calling Vizio out on the air. Vizio, we need our soundbars. Oh, my gosh. I mean, a TV would be nice to go with the (laughs) soundbars, but the soundbar would be cool. Anyway, um... Back to Apple. Uh, Apple co-founder? Yeah, he's a co-founder. Yeah. Apple co-founder Steve the Woz, Wozniak. He's uh, kind of been laying in the cut. I mean, he's done a lot. You know, Wozniak, Wozniak's quietly done a lot. He's invented a lot along the way. People, it's all been Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs. But in the, just in the gaming space, in the hardware space, and then just all kinds of, Woz is still in the mix. He's still rich in the cut. But, but now, 
WASNX uh, is, is doing an, an online tech teaching platform called WASU, like WASNEC University. Uh, it's a way to sort of get uh, software engineers and and uh, he, he wants to have an initiative that gives at least 30 physical locations around the world on courses on everything from software engineering, information technology, uh, cybersecurity. He basically wants to be able to sort of be able to make technology and and and, and, and people teaching teaching people high level technology something that is you know and important and um, this is something that he's launching um, it's like he, he wants to be able to the overall goal is to increase interest in the STEM careers um, science technology engineer arts I'm sorry I mean it's wrong it's wrong Waz is calling this the STEAM version of this as opposed to the STEM Waz is saying the STEAM careers are science technology engineering arts and mathematics so he yeah, thinks yeah. he's adding the arts into the mathematics as opposed to the stem which i like yeah him and his, him and his him and his brother steve jobs they always said they wanted to fuse technology with humanities that's, that's something right. they've always said they were about and giving the giving the information or the access to the common man you know and so i think this is him kind of just fueling that in his own personal evolution and where we are with you know, different platforms and subscription models and all that stuff, being able to bring this to market. So I think it's kind of cool that, you know, and he, I mean, he advocates that it doesn't require, you know, a, a large investment to be able to obtain these schools. It doesn't, these skills, it doesn't require you having to go to st- traditional conventional school to be able to have a, a opportunities in this field. And so, hey, let's, let's see whether or not this platform launches and it has great content. I mean, they said that they said that it's up now. You're able to like register and you're able to get some free stuff. But I'm I'm interested to see how much it's going to cost. To be honest, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, yeah, is, is it because is, is this just a a new business idea and a business model for Waz, or is it just something that is is it more altruistic than that? No, no, I think this is this is trying to make some bread off this. Okay, so this isn't like like I'm trying to help kids, you know, in the inner cities get to get to no, the Steam program. I think this is a revenue stream for him. Okay. Well, we'll see. He does, you know, he needs the money. We know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we know he needs the money. Uh, this is really we, we talked about Twitter a while back and like where's Twitter going and all the interesting ways that Twitter is sort of staying relevant and if they can just figure out how to do some revenue streams is interesting. But this is an example, this tech story is an example of Twitter is um, staying relevant in the culture and using their influence to to push culture and push maybe some social change as well. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hashtag going around called hashtag me too and it's basically encouraging women to share their experiences of sexual assault through this hashtag um, Alyssa Milano who's the boss uh, tweeted out this things like if you've been sexually harassed by or assaulted write me too and reply to this tweet and the response has been ridiculous and it continues to be ridiculous and it's really interesting it's a really interesting way to, t- to talk about something that is not talked about enough, but you know, in light of what's going on with uh, Harvey Weinstein and before that Roger Ailes and before that and, and after that uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly and before that Donald Trump uh, our president, I mean this is, this is something that's you're cool. You're a president. Uh, you're a president. But this is, I think this is amazing. Yeah, I think it's amazing too. And another great example of how we can use a social platform to really you know, reach a level of advocacy that can bring about change. And I think that, you know, what we've been seeing with the whole, you know, Weinstein stuff is just the, the, the culture, you know, the climate of this stuff and how it's kind of kept, in, you know, in secrecy. And a lot of a lot of people, a lot of women feel like they don't have the, the I guess, the, the 
I would say I would say opportunity and maybe just like the unification. I think now you're seeing that groundswell. And I think having the platform of Twitter and to be able to express yourself that way, I think is a great way to raise awareness and, and to really change this culture. I mean, because there's some sick, sick stuff that's been happening for generations, for decades, especially in Hollywood. And so I'm glad that a lot of a lot of power players are speaking up. So yeah, and also like there's a lot of I think I think that there's a lot of um, I'm just. Not, I don't know why I'm surprised or seem to be struck by the magnitude of, of the, not, not the magnitude, but just the amount of women, famous women that are coming forward, not just with Harvey Weinstein stories, but with other stories, which encourage other women to come through, which is, because this is a, you know, a problem that is systemic and it's not just a Hollywood thing at all. It, 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 it's, it's, it's across you know, the board. Across the board. Yeah. So it's just, you know, men of power, you know, taking, take, you know, taking advantage of, of women who aren't in power. So this is good stuff. Um, all right. Uh, so, the uh, uh, Twitter again. This is more more back to stick with Twitter. Uh, they're they're, interview, they're introducing more anti abuse rules. Um, I, you know, there's there's a like a twenty four hour boycott of, of social media when the comp, when Twitter suspended Rose McGowan's account. Um, be, you know, and because um, she talked about uh, you know again just back to the sexual abuse thing and. Uh, she uh, she posted a private number and a tweet of someone who uh, of a of a of a you know she was supposed to post a, talk about Harvey Weinstein talk about sexual abuse ended up abuse ended up posting a private number violated all kind of privacy laws uh, Twitter boycotted her because she violated some rules but uh, but Twitter said that they're going to take a new new anti abuse status and rules. How do you how do they how do you navigate between you know trying to stay on the right side of of, of a cultural movement and an issue, but also trying to maintain some 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 order within your within your social media ecosystem? Yeah, I think it's a, def, a, a delicate and difficult balancing act. I mean, because it's like some things like are appropriate, right, or more appropriate, and then other things are completely inappropriate and disrespectful and demeaning. So it's like how how as a company do you say these are our company policy terms and conditions that everyone has to abide by? But then you have, I guess you got to have some just some flexibility within within the rule, or some maybe a little bit more gray area within the rule. And maybe yeah. maybe it is case by case. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I feel like if I was you know the CEO of Twitter or I was on the board or whatever, or I had some type of position of power that would be a difficult thing to 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 put in writing like how and and then to actually enforce like how do we as a company have you know yeah have have a a set of ethics or morals that we abide by and and we and we you know i'm saying like like what's your take on that yeah it's it's tricky i again you know my my default to the whole this feels like just kind of a big pr effort because you've got to say and do something but at the same time, I mean, I think that I think the, the the announcement that we're going to be, you know, sort of more socially active or or more proactive or have different rules as a reaction to something that they did that seemed wrong or bad, it just it's not it doesn't sound, it doesn't send the right message. It just sort of feels like Twitter should be actively doing these things anyway, and then how they how they police their their site and do their business is, is it should be separate. In other words. I run my site how I run my site. I run my ecosystem how I run my ecosystem. Separately from that, I'm doing all these right things over here socially. It doesn't feel like there should be a reactionary thing. I don't know. That, that's kind of my, my, my take, but I don't know. I mean, but everything everything that comes up 
you know, and everything that comes up as an event, like you have to have some type of reaction to it. Yeah. It's like so. I mean, something like as as ground swelling as this, the wine right. thing, the, the wine thing thing is like, well, that's a response, not a reaction. But it's like it's like you, but you can you put out statements like, although we stand with Rose McGowan, we cannot divulge people's private information, or we can't use our private firm to, to do that because. Like that, like if she said, you know, Harvey Weinstein's an asshole. You sh- everyone within the sound of this tweet should go kill that motherfucker. Like you know, you can't like you can't like you can't you know condone that. So something that sort of fall within regular decorum and law and reason, but you know, it's hard because the law of the land, the law of this, this the municipal laws and state laws and federal laws don't apply to the internet. Yeah. So uh, you know you you can't go run up on someone and say f you in real life, but you can't on the internet. Yeah. So you can you, you can say all kind of stuff via tweet via Twitter that you can't just run up on someone and say or do. Why can't you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what kind, don't know what kind of laws we have or I don't, what's going I don't on know what kind of neighborhood you grew up yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, not, not the, yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, we'll, we'll see what kind of what kind of country uh, what kind of country we will be uh, in very soon. Right. But, uh, um, so, in, in, in the in the in the interest of talking about our uh, our Blade Runner our Blade Runner world, man, um, yeah, you know, I've seen it. Yeah, this is this is this is what we're talking about. Like, so, um, you know, in the, the Piccadilly Lights, I love London Piccadilly. Piccadilly. The, the Piccadilly Lights in London. Uh, so this is a new flashy billboard um, in Piccadilly Circus that basically, you know, feel it. it the idea of this is it uh, it knows what car you drive, what you're feeling, what you're doing. This is where we're getting into the whole uh, minority, minority report. report walking by, yeah. uh, you know, knowing stuff. Um, I mean, this is inevitable, but what do you think of this? Is this invasive or is this kind of cool? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's appropriate for where we are. Um, I, I think that customization and specificity and we want we want we want a, a strong sense of personalization with with uh how how we come in contact with products and brands right. and so i think that using the technology to, to help with that i think is good like i think if we started if, i think the level of saturation would change my opinion on that like this is like a one case study of it like but if imagine like if that was on every street or everywhere you went then i would feel quite differently and but i feel like this could lead to that for sure yeah but i mean i mean this is this is this is piccadilly circus but what what happens i mean what happens when this is in times square exactly you know i mean exactly that's that's stuff where it's headed so yeah um i don't know but it's inevitable i mean like like I said, personalization, customization. We want that. Like right. we we've moved away from just these these flat, broad, sell me the products in the, in this old conventional way. Like I, you, I want to feel like the the brand is speaking to me directly. Right. And so this is an opportunity. This is a vehicle for for a, a brand to be able to do that. Right. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Piccadilly lights. <laughs> That's my favorite. I asked Steve Barry about the Piccadilly Circus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's ridiculous. Um, all right, and then um, uh, what's the last thing I'm gonna stick? I'm, I'm gonna skip because it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to hurry up and just get to the, the Wakanda the, the baby. Thing I want to talk about the whole time is Wakanda. Wakanda baby. Black Panther 
Kugler. My man. Jordan. Let's go. Uh, Let's uh, eat, bro. Uh, Let's Bozeman. Eat. Let's eat. What's going down? Let's eat, bro. Uh, uh, my, my, my girl, uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Um, what's my other sister's name? Uh, Angela Bassett. Let's go. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is joined too? Everybody's in this <laughs> one. <laughs> City 48 in this one? Right. <laughs> Everybody's in this, man. The cast looks amazing. Uh, look, so so, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Under a Rock, the uh, new trailer for uh, Black Panther dropped. Um, there's a lot of things I want to say about this. First of all, Marvel is doing, I mean, I can't even remember a rollout. Maybe, actually, maybe maybe this new Star Wars movie, that and the buzz, the rollout, everything is going perfectly. Yeah. Like, everything that they, the way they're doing it, the way they announced it, yep. the way they hired Kobe, with the exception of uh, Ava DuVernay dropping out. But from the moment they hired Coogler, from the moment Coogler said, I'll do it, I got to do it my way, the, 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 the fact that Kevin Feige and Marvel said, okay, they never do that. They kind of gave him control as much as control as a Marvel movie's going to give you. And they just like everything he's doing. He keeps, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm like, okay, do it. And now, like, we're seeing the first images came back. We're like, what? The first, the cast came out. You're like, who? And then... The trailer came out. It was ridiculous. Now the second trailer, it just gets better and better. Not just from what I'm saying visually, but just from, from as we talked about earlier, the way the trailers cut. It 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 has a certain level of artorship and artisanship to this that is making me really really excited. And it looks dope as f f. Yeah. And it's fantastic to see like black folks. And I don't care if it's a fake African nation. I mean, you don't know if it's fake. But I mean, <laughs> it was a fake African nation. I, I love all the mythology. I, I'm just, I can't be more excited about this. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the, on the head. You got the mythology, you got the action, you got the character development, you have the special effects, you have all these things. And the fact that it's a black cast, black director, like, man, it's wins. It's, we're checking off all boxes. And I mean, I think this will be huge for us as a, as a people, as a culture, to be able to have something like this reflected so highly in in, in 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 culture, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I love the trailer. I think it was awesomely constructed. I mean, I hope that there's. I hope that from our conversation from last week, I hope that they didn't put too much in there. I hope right. there's still a lot of gems that we we will see when we actually watch the movie. But I think there was I a couple Coogler plot points in there that I saw that I was like, ah, okay. Like there's a couple of plot points in there I saw with. Uh, Michael B. Jordan in, in the competing Black Panther suit. So I already know that that's going to happen. And but you know, I mean, B. Jordan as a villain, I'm kind of buying it. He gets one line. This is mine. Whatever he's trying to say, whatever he said, I, I believe it. So um, yeah, man. I like the idea of putting B. Jordan as the villain and then flipping him back as a hero in Creed Two. So man, I'm interested to see what they do marketing wise between now and and you know February and Black History Month is going to be lit. FYI, but yeah. just in terms of like what they're gonna do, like I, I wonder, like is it gonna have that Wonder Woman push? I doubt it, but I like, think it will. Really? Oh yeah. What, I, like there's been no movie that had the Wonder Woman push marketing wise. The, well, the reason why Wonder Woman had the Wonder Woman push was for two reasons. Number one, DC and, and Warner Brothers needed that really badly, true, so true. once it tested the way it tested, once they got those first few tests back and those testing through the roof, they just, they just went all in. Right. They just spent all the money because they needed to be hit. And it worked. Because right. all the money, everyone saw it. I feel like Marvel doesn't need this to be a hit, per se. Shit. But what... Because but, they, they don't need... Marvel doesn't need a hit. Marvel, Marvel's got hits. Yeah, they don't need a you hit. Know? But 
once the tests come back, if this test through the roof, like the tra- like it's tracking right now already through the roof. If yeah. it if, if when, those, when those first tests come back, you know, I, I feel like you'll see because it's Disney money. Yeah. I feel like you'll see them go all. I hope so. In I hope so. That would they, be fantastic. They, they want black folks and they, they exactly they, they want people of color. Yeah, they, they're, they're coming all in yeah. on this one. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think that we're gonna you know. And I think just my last note on this: when you juxtapose it to the other. <laughs> The other movies in, in the Marvel pantheon, like uh-huh. the, the tone of this one, I think is a little bit more sinister, more dark. Uh, I love yeah. the fact that it's like it has, a, it has a stronger mood, you know, like more of a more of a serious mood. And so I, I love that they're giving us a little bit more edge, you know, than yep. in other movies. So and I think they kind of have to do that because it's starting to get a little bit kind of like plastic a little bit with the, how, right. how they roll out. A lot of a lot of the like the Avengers and stuff like the same tone, same yeah. tone, same tone. Well, also so. the thing about Marvel too is, um, yeah, because like, the same tone with all these movies are all. Also, the other thing about this is what people have been complaining about is all these movies are kind of they're shot in Atlanta, so they all have that kind of same kind of like I don't know concrete building, nondescript city feel to them, and this just feels like way out of the box. Yeah, between like Guardians and then Thor and then this, you have three movies that are you know super. Their, their color palette is different. Exactly. No pun intended. No Black Panther, but you know, color yeah, palette is different. <laughs> yeah, but, but what I will say, <laughs> what I what I am interested to see in this climate, this political climate, and in, in this social climate, like when the thing drops. Like, are we going to see people be like, why you got to be a Black Panther? Of course. Why can't he just be a Panther? Of course. Why not. Trump's going to be like, I think our heroes should be like, you know. <laughs> I'm going to take a knee for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I took a knee on Black Panther? Right, exactly. You know, I mean, there's going to be, I wonder, I wonder, I'm just curious as to how this movie is going to be politicized because you know it will be. Well, I, I'm interested to see if there's any like political streams within the movie. That, right. I, I'm, I mean, I mean, I would really be interested to see if if he if Coogler does that, like just as like you know, throw some Easter eggs to some, it, some like peppers. Exactly. Well, I mean, well, like they did a little teeny tiny bit of that when they introduced um, the, the character in in Civil War. Because, did they? Well, no, I mean the fact that like um, you know his father, like the king, was at a United Nations thing. Right. He got, he got, he got he got but the whole thing is that like he was addressing the world, like he's a he's a, a respected world leader, and there's reasons why you know so. You know, we'll see. But also in in the in the, uh, in the lexicon, Wakanda is supposed to be like a small textiles in the land. You're not supposed to know that it's that it's got it like that. Te- so, yeah, it's rich. Yeah, thing. so uh, it's the most technologically technologically, technologically advanced society ever. ever. Yeah. So that that's kind of cool. So I don't know. I'm really excited about it. Do you have you checked out any of the uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates version, the, the, the comic book, the one he's writing right now? No, I haven't checked it out. Okay. I've, I've read a few articles about. I mean, obviously him getting that. Ta-Nehisi, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a fan of him. Like, yeah. I, love, I love his books. Yep. I think he's a great intellectual academic. Yep. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I've I've just started checking it out, and uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, um, it's, the whole thing is the, the whole thing is very exciting and interesting. Um, the next thing we have to talk about is uh, Han Solo. Oh, a billion dollars, man. That would be so. That would be so. It's awesome. gonna bring in a billion dollars. That'd be so awesome. I, that's, that's never been done before, right? Uh, uh, By a black director, black film that's never been done before. A billion, oh, a billion dollars. No way. Right. You're no way. right. That's. That's huge. It's history. We about to make history. Yeah. Wow. We're putting. That's that's a poor Kugler's like. Damn, man. Let me let me get. <laughs> Kugler. By the way, this not to be, we 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 can go on about Kugler, but 
Kula's got some classics on the board already. Classics on the board. He got two franchises on the board, out of the gate. He did Fruitville Station, came out with two franchises. That's crazy. Franchises. This is his third film, dude. That's also Spielberg shit. I mean, two franchises. Because Creed is going to go to Creed 3 or 4, at least. At least 3 or 4. Black Panther is going at least to 3. You know? So, like, I don't know, man. Is, is he going to direct all three? That's it. And that, that, that's like that's like legacy. Put him on the board right there. He's on. I think he's going to swing back and do some really like avant-garde artistic shit. Yeah, like he, he'll swing he'll, back. He'll, like you said, like a Spielberg move. Yeah. Or speaking it, of which, did you see the, the documentary? I yet? did finally finish oh, the documentary. Right. It, was, it was excellent. Right. Um, I'm thank you for. I, I did finally finish it. I'm, like, I'm actually go back and watch it again. It was. Uh, yeah, some real gems in there. Hey. Uh, it, this or now well, we can we can take away that. We'll talk about solo in a second, but. Um, that Spielberg documentary, it's on HBO right now. If you guys haven't seen it, is is excellent. But what I'm realizing is it's it's commemorating like basically sort of f- almost 50 years of him being a killing shit. And when I think about it in terms of 50 years, um, almost 50 years, because Duel was yeah, well, Duel is 72 or one, Duel 71. So and then I think I forgot what was no, well before that he was uh, directing TV. Yeah. So yeah, he's been directing for 50 years yeah. almost. Because he, he started directing as a kid, like in like when twenty years old or something like that, nineteen or twenty. He started you mean, directing. You mean professionally? Yeah, like he was on the like, lot. Like exactly. on the lot. Was, I think he was a direct, teenager still directing like Mannix and exactly. shit, right? Like yeah. directing episodes of whatever. Like that's crazy. Um, I mean, it was crazy. And, he was doing it as a kid. Yeah, directing like, like directing, uh, you know, was it like a I forget who, not Joan Collins, but some legend he's right, directing right. on Night Gallery or something. So yeah, yeah. yeah man. Um, yeah, but just thinking about. The the prolif- how, how, how prolific is he was and is and the output and how he's still going. Right. Um, and he's got he's got a couple clunkers in there, but even the clunkers got some gems in him though. Absolutely. Think about that. Like even like Hook, which is kind of a clunker, has got some good stuff in it. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got some. You know, always has got some good stuff in it. Even nineteen forty two, which is a stinker, has got some good stuff in it if you watch it. So. I don't know, man. I mean, no, there's no, there's no one that comes close to his body of work. No, no one that comes close. No, I mean, not even, I mean, I, not, and then also you think about the, the his homies. Exactly, you know, the, his 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 homies, like you know, they, they, kicking away the, the Scorsese, Scorsese uh, uh, Fr- Lucas, George Lucas, Lucas uh, and uh, Coppola, and, and Coppola, and uh, uh, what's my man from Scarface? Uh, oh God! Oh, uh, oh. no, no, the director. director um, um, Brian De Palma. Yeah. Yeah, so Brian De Palma. That's, they're all homies. They grew up together. That's crazy. One more. Oh, and Zemeckis. Bob Zemeckis, too. They're all in the, the like, there's like six of them that are you all, take, like, you, in the cut. You take them out, we have no movie industry. <laughs> I mean, Bob Zemeckis and, I mean, yeah, Bob Zemeckis, Martin, Martin Scorsese, uh, Brian De Palma, George Lucas, uh, Francois Coppola, and Steven Spielberg. That's that's incredible. Yeah, that's ridiculous that they're all kind of contemporaries and kind of came up and that together. I mean, is there a new group that's like never. that right now? It will never happen again like that. I mean, I mean, who, who's like the crew that of young filmmakers that are coming up like that? I mean, I feel like there, there, there was that in the um, back in the in the the the, the Renaissance of uh, of uh, independent film back in the Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez. There was like a whole crew that came in that whole like ninety early nineties ninety two. It was probably like. Six or seven filmmakers that kind of came out of that, that, but still, that, that was, I don't know if they're all around still. Exactly. So, anyway, because of technology, I mean, democratization of the of the industry, like right. it's, it's too saturated. Versus right. then, it was still a little bit more contained. Right. 
which I think is super dope. It's like, okay, I'm going to have you work on my film. You come direct this. I'll use your shop to do the special effects. Yeah. Like, that's fucking dope, man. I mean, because they, they were, yeah, man. And like, yeah, I, so many stuff that, that Spielberg did second unit on in Brian De Palma movies. Like, Steven Spielberg shot all the, the gangsters coming up the stairs in Scarface because he could. Re- I, you know? Did you know that before the doc? No. I did not know that. <laughs> but, I know, but I know those guys were always shooting each other stuff. I know Spielberg shot a bunch of stuff, like in Zemeckis things. That's I know he's tight. Like, I know that, like, you know, and Lucas shot a bunch of second unit stuff. And, you know, I know they're always going back and forth. And the Palma shot a bunch of stuff in, in other in Spielberg movies. Like, because they're second unit. Just go and shoot but this. But still. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, that is like, ah, Spielberg, go shoot them, come up the stairs. And you look at it again, it's like cinematically perfect. <laughs> right. And like, oh. Anyway. And the last note, which you've already talked about many times, I just love how he rolled with his original team. Yeah. Been there every movie. I'm going to have the same composer, the yep. same editor, the same producer. I mean. Like, we're all going to be And they all together. just got. Oscars like John Williams, all of them. They just roll up. Look at Kathleen Kennedy, his former assistant, is running Disney, running Lucasfilm now. It's crazy. So I mean, you know, that, that's that's what she's 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 done so many movies under Spielberg. You know, started as an assistant. Now she's just running a studio, like no problem. So Man. yeah, that's, that's it's crazy. And her husband Frank Marshall produced is, is his producer too. They're all like in there. You know, so it's it's, it's really crazy. Uh, we're actually out of time, but we, we will talk about Hansel another time. But man, Spielberg was worth it. I don't know, that's all I got. Anything, anything else? Okay, Han Solo. <laughs> uh, Han Solo. You know, Han Solo. Speaking of Kathleen Kennedy, yeah, you know, Kathleen Kennedy famously, you know, fired the uh, your boys. No, uh, not my boys. Uh, Lloyd, Lloyd, and uh, <laughs> Lord Miller. Lloyd Miller. Lord Miller and <laughs> Lord, Lord and Miller yeah. off of uh, off of this, and and Ron Howard's taking over, and you know. Look, Howard's a guy who is probably one of the dopest directors we have, and also also very prolific, and also has an incredible body of work, and also uh, remembers. I heard him tell a story about seeing Star Wars for the first time and how he felt and what what that what that meant to him in 1976. So, for him to have it, he's been a huge fan of these movies on the low. So, from the opportunity to come in and do this Han Solo movie is great. Um, but um, there's no buts here. It's it, it's it's you know. It's quietly feels like it's shaping up to be something good. I don't know. What, what do you, what, how do you feel about about Ron, Ron Ron Howard? I think it'll be a smacker. I, I think it's shaping up to be fantastic. Like, it's I'm, Ron Howard, exactly. I'm excited about all the every rollout of, of from the Star Wars universe franchise. Everything I think like the the Last Jedi is looking good. The Han Solo movie is looking good. Like everything. Like, I'm not mad at it. I'm excited. Yeah, the Last Jedi is looking fantastic. amazing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's I, I'm excited about that. I just watched Rogue One again. I think the other night. Okay, it was fantastic. It was dope. It like, is good. It, it held up. I wonder. I just. I still want to. If I ever get to meet. Um, if I ever get to meet uh, my man. Uh, oh God, I forget the director who directed it. But anyway, the guy who directed it. I would like to just see his 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 original cut or what happened or why they brought in. You know, um, what's his name, Gilroy, to come and reshoot for five million dollars. I would like to see his original cut, but. You know, he, he played. He he played. You know, played played the role and just said like, you know, he was a team player about it. But we'll see. Um, Netflix is released some data finally, and Netflix is saying that more than eight million subscribers have watched at least one season of one series in the last 20, in twenty four hours or less, uh, and lists the top twenty shows that are binged there, which is incredible. Uh, and. There's so many, so much crazy data from this. So the first, the idea of like, 
eight million people have watched an entire season in 24 hours. Right. That's crazy data. First of all, it just it, you know Netflix has got ridiculous data just sitting on. So they just gonna give you a little taste of what they're what they're what they're, what they got just to make some news because Netflix has been getting a lot of shit lately about oh you're you know you're, you're doing too much the 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 rose is, the bloom's falling off the rose and Netflix is releasing some data just to let people know that they're still powerhouses. But does this surprise you? This does, this, uh, this list is pretty incredible. I was gonna just read this list. From, from, from I'm gonna dramatically read it from twenty to twenty to ten. Number twenty, Master of None, the twentieth most binge show on, on on Netflix. Nineteen, Chewing Gum. I don't know what the hell that is. What is that? I don't know. Marissa, what is Chewing Gum? Do you know what that is? It's the nineteenth most binge show on, on on Netflix. Glow, which is a Netflix original, you know, which is which is good. Love, also a Netflix original, uh, you know, which which is cool. Um, uh, there's that. Uh, House of Cards. Here we know about that. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Well, I love that show. Hot, Wet Hot American Summer. I love that. Grace and Frankie, number 13. Atypical. Uh, Friends from College. Stranger Things is only number 10. Uh, uh, Orange is the New Black, number 9. F is for Family, 8. That's that cartoon. Who knew? That's in the second season. Chewing Gum. Is this British? Is she British? Is this the one about the Nigerian girl? I don't, I don't know what this is. Okay, well there it is. All right, um, get the vengeance, bro. I, I need to vengeance. Uh, Trailer Park Boys, which is insane to me. Uh, the Santa Clarita Diet, which is the 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 well, that's number six. That shows a hit on Netflix. The Ranch, the the Austin Kutcher show. Just when you thought you knew, I thought that show was not good. It's the number fifth binge show. Seven Deadly Sins. I don't know what that is. The Defenders, number three. The top two are killing me. Fuller House. Is the second most binge show in, in, in Netflix. And Gilmore. Gilmore Girls, yeah. Leader in Life number one. And Gilmore Girls makes sense. I, I know that, how big that is, but those that is actually shocking to me. Hmm. Can All you speak to that? Yes. I've seen the top two. <laughs> I have binged the top two. Of course you can. <laughs> but, you of course know, you have. I mean, I'm a woman. Yeah, so. I, you know, I you know, so um, uh, so my girls binge the top two too. Like that that's all that's on is either Fuller House or she saw a billboard. She's like, "Yes, Fuller House." I was like, "What?" So you know, I don't know. It happens. Yeah, I mean, I think to add more credibility to Netflix, yeah, they they released this. I'd be interested to see them release more information though. I'm like, okay, this this is great, but like, we look at all your subscribers and the amount of time that they're spending on your platform. Let's look at those analytics. Yeah. Or who? What about some 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 more? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some more demographic breakdowns. Yeah, like what's women, the, age, exactly. race, or like, even even by show. Like what's the show that they spend? Uh, I'm forgetting um, the hip hop show. Oh, the get down. The get down. Like right. they spent over 100 million on that. Uh, like, top 20. Let, let's let's see how many people watch that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, give me those analytics. And when you say you know this is the number one most been show on Netflix, what is that number? What does that mean? Right. They won't tell you that. Right. That means 100 million people watched it. They they, they won't tell you that number. Right. Which you know who knows? It's been streamed or it's been streamed 100 million times or whatever. Right. From <laughs> from when to when though? Exactly. Is that, what was well, the window? The, the, it's just a window in here. It says. Uh, here are the top twenty Netflix originals with seasons watched within the first twenty four hours. Okay, that's that's I'm sorry, not so these aren't the binge ones. So you know what they're saying is these are all Netflix original shows. Right. When they drop, they're saying the the entire season is right. watched within the first the first twenty four hours. This is the order they're watched in. Got that it. makes sense. Um, wow, Fuller House and Gilmore Girls. And, wow, people are really into those. 
That makes sense now. Right. Well, also in fairness, that Gilmore Girls original was only four, four episodes, episodes, right? Yeah, so and that's Fuller fair. House is anywhere from nine to thirteen, so you can ah, watch those in a day. That's fair. That is, I mean, yeah, that's that's a good point because like all all shows aren't created equal in terms right. of in terms of the rollout. Right, makes sense. So that's not really saying much then. No, Netflix, <laughs> forget you this whack ass <laughs> misleading data. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think that's it. That's going to do it for us today. Um, anything else you got? Oh, man. I made it through, bro. We made it through. Yeah, we made it through. Neither of us died, so that's good. Um, then we'll see you next week. Uh, where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Akili Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. And where can they find you, my brother? On Twitter and Instagram at JoeKBraswell.com. Joe K. Braswell, at Joe K. Braswell. That's all I got. You got a website now? I don't know. Okay, what you doing, bro? You doing some modeling, bro? All right. That's all I got. Thank you very much. We out. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christie, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.